back out walking in the woods again, so I thought I'd record a quick podcast. Um, I wanted to unpick a little bit more about what the house skill set is. Um, interesting because I've got a real time example for you um, to use. So right now we're looking at growing the Genius Journals and getting some more members in our community. Um, now I am the reader, researcher. Um, I love putting guides together. I love taking lots of knowledge and breaking it down into small manageable chunks. I love learning. I love teaching. Um, That's my thing. Um, If any of you listen to the Zone of Genius uh, podcast, you'll be aware that this is what falls into my sort of Zone of Genius. And um, knowing these things is really interesting um, because this is a real-time application of how I've applied the health skill set. So to give you a snapshot of where I was this morning, (laughs) um, we've got all of this marketing stuff that we got to do um, and there's a lot of information and this is like if you can imagine when you come away from maybe a one-day workshop or a conference or a seminar and there's just been so much information and you're like oh my gosh I do not even know where to start also a lot of this is quite new to me there's a lot of information um, and I'm just really tittering on the edge of like overwhelm um, so I wanted to basically like step by step unpick how the how skill set works. So what we teach in the journals is this five-step process for taking any idea or moment of inspiration and actually turning it into action. But the point of it also is to avoid all of the negative psychological effects of overwhelm. Um, So real time, this morning, lots of information, spoken to lots of experts and I'm hitting overwhelm, okay? I am like so overwhelmed. There's like all these things to do. There's SEO, there's Facebook ads, there's funnels, there's emails, there's oh my goodness, I have like a to-do list as long as my arm. So I'm sitting there and I am like stressed out to the max. Now my intention is my passion is growing this community, is building it to make um an incredible place for people to come into and make change happen. Um, I love nothing more than on our call this morning, hearing some of our journalists, hearing what they've been getting up to, hearing some of the breakthroughs and light bulb moments, as they call it, that they've been having and thinking, I just need to get to communicate what this is to other people. And in a way, that's marketing. So I'm sitting there and I have this massive list. I am totally in overwhelm. And my habit when I get overwhelmed is to like busy myself rather than stop center and just take some time out. I don't know if this resonates with any of you, um, but we all have those moments um, where we are. We're just sitting there being like, I actually don't know what to do next. Now, psychologically, when you unpick this, um, I know that this is the case, that when we hit overwhelm, we go into a form of stress response. Now, when we go into a stress response, there are a couple of things that happen. Um, Your cortisol spikes, um, which affects how your brain works, affects your heart rate, affects your body, and you kind of go into that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And if you can imagine, obviously, we don't have things to run away from, to fight with, or, (laughs) you know, that we're going to get eaten by. So we kind of don't know what to do with all of that. And then what happens is we jump into these sort of habitual practices. We go back and resort very much back to very basic principle behaviors, which are like habitual things. You'll also find in those moments where you hit overwhelm is you will be constantly seeking a dopamine hit. So you'll find that you'll go to like social media. You find that you'll probably go more towards junk food because what you're really wanting to seek is getting that emotional regulation, that 
mood that you're in, that drop-in mood that you've had as a result of the overwhelm, you're trying to meet it and mediate it with those little spikes of dopamine that you maybe get from like social media or junk food or um, sugar hits and stuff that make you feel better because you're sitting in a situation where you don't feel good. And so you start resorting to these habits and these practices that help just sort of very surface, very superficially, um, try and address that sort of acute um, situation that's just happened. And so if any of you resonate with this at all, um, and any of us have ever sat there or been in those situations, this is what's going on. And so I was sitting there in the morning and looking at all of this information that I've been told that I need to do. Uh, it's just me. Um, I have a team, but it's, it's mainly on me. I'm sitting there and I have like all of this stuff in front of me and I'm just like, I just do not know where to start, but I know my intention. Pulling back to the, the house skill set, the first place to look is reconnect with your core intention um, and your, your dream day and your intentions. And my intentions with this and with the community is to grow it, is to make it this incredibly supportive community and amazing resource for people to help them make change happen. So I had to sit and consciously think and reconnect back with that. And what that did for me was give me a real boost in what was called my intrinsic motivators. So intrinsic motivators are internal motivators. They're not something, I'm not doing this from an external reward or a pat on the back or praise. Um, I'm doing this because it matters to me personally and it's really aligned with who I am and what I want to achieve. So reconnecting that with that is the first step to it. Now, this does take some conscious control um, because what happens is you'll get caught in those habits and what you'll have to do is really recognize when that's happening and actually take a break. So as you can probably tell, I am walking while I do this podcast because I've taken myself out of my house <laughs> and I'm going for a bit of a walk. And the reason I'm doing this is because I find that actually change environment, taking me away from my computer screen um, and just taking me outside is really calming for me. And what that's doing is that's addressing that acute um, fight or flight response, that stress response that's happening. And it's helping bring that adrenaline down, it's helping bring that cortisol down, and it's helping to activate and open up a part, the part of my brain that's actually going to help me creatively problem solve on this. When you're in the fight or flight response, you're not going to actually be able to think very clearly. We've all been there, we all know, I just need a break, I just need to get out, get some fresh air, I need something to just clear my head. Okay? So that was the first thing. So reconnecting with my attention. Then you gotta look at insight. So this is where the six influences come in. And what you wanna be looking at is, okay, what is it I need to do? What is it that I have on my list? Now, there's a couple of different ways you can do this. Some people are list people. Um, others are mind maps. So if you're a visual person and you really like, you're quite creative, you're quite what we call right brain, sometimes the best thing to do can be to go and get a big piece of paper and just mind map everything. So David Allen talks about this, where he says to take all of your ideas and just dump them on a piece of paper. Um, he calls it like a brain dump. And the beauty of that is that your brain isn't holding all of these little small things that it's trying to remember. The way that your memory works, your short-term memory works, is that in order to retain these little pieces of information that are incomplete, or you haven't noted anywhere externally, is it just cycles them. So it replays them over and over and over again in order for you to maintain it in your short-term memory. Now, that's fine when there's four or five. Problem being, I've got more than four or five things on my mind at the moment, on my list to do with this project. So I have quite a lot of things just cycling round and round and round. Oh, don't forget to do that. And oh, you read that 
information over there and you heard that thing on that podcast you need to make sure you need to create a system where you bank all of these things so whether it's a brain dump whether it's using some online software package for task management or whether it's a notebook whatever it might be get those ideas out of your head and onto a piece of paper this is the what this is the insights this is the what do you need to do um, break it all down and get it all down on paper the beauty of this is that it actually lets you drop those things out of your head um, reading an incredible book at the moment um, called Organized Mind by Daniel Levitin and he talks about this and he talks about how humans have evolved externalized ways of recording information from the earliest days when we started cave painting to when we started um, writing receipts and invoices it was a way of keeping check of things without having to consciously memorize them and you can use these in an incredibly crafty and clever way so having some way of getting the thoughts out of your head and onto paper is the first way of clearing your bandwidth, clearing your mental capacity to then be able to objectively look at everything you have. And then what you want to start doing is you want to start categorizing and having a look at what are these things? How are you going to attack the things that are on that sheet? And the way that I talk about it is thinking about, you know, is there some way that I can break that big task down and do it as a habit or a routine over a period of the next 14 days, for example. So if it's something I have to do in my blog, for example, to do with search engine optimization, I'm going to probably spend like an hour a day just doing my blogs, like an hour a day. And in 14 days, I'll have done 14 hours of work and got a lot of the stuff done that I need to get done. Rather than look at it as like, I'm going to sit for the entire Wednesday afternoon and just sit and do all of them. <laughs> so you'll know the way that you work best. You'll know the ways that you want to look at how you want to attack the things. But because you have them down on a piece of paper, it's incredibly useful to start being able to categorize and have a look at exactly how are you going to approach executing them. Um, the other thing is also looking at priorities. So when we talk about identify, which is the third part of the health skills set, you're looking at, you know, categorizing it as to what it actually is. And then what you're going to be doing is looking at breaking it down into priorities. Um, and for this, we have a scoring system that we outline in the journal in the health skills set section, where we basically show you how um, to use a couple of different factors to actually prioritize. So these are basically impact and influence. So if you think about impact, first of all, this is something that's going to bring an immediate feedback loop. Now, for me personally, with marketing, there's a lot of work that you do without a lot of return that actually comes back. It usually comes at a later stage or it's a cumulative effect of things. So thinking about what is something that I can do right now that's going to help, you know, boost my mood a little bit or what's something that I can really do that's going to help encourage me and motivate me and keep me going forward so if you find that say there is a task or a particular thing that you're maybe lacking in skill on is there something that you can go and watch or find out or research and read about that's going to help give you the knowledge and give you the boost of motivation that's going to make you be able to do that particular part of the task these are examples of high impact tasks the other one you want to think about is influence so any task that we do it doesn't really work on its own just solely in its uh you know in isolation it actually works in combination with a lot of other things so an example in your personal life can be how getting out for exercise every single day will have a positive ripple effect on lots of other things this is an example of a high influence change or a high influence activity that you're going to do which is going to help other areas of your life it's going to have a ripple effect so by scoring your lists, once you've categorized them by impact and influence, you're actually automatically prioritizing, but you're not just doing um, important and urgent because there's no element of you personally having to do it in that categorization. The idea of this is that you're going to be starting with the first things first and you're going to be looking at doing the high impact things first of all, which are going to give you a positive feedback, which is going to boost you on to do more. 
um, the influential things you also want to do first because they're going to have a ripple effect to make the next changes that you're going to do that much easier. There's always a sequential nature to tasks. The tasks never end. So thinking about doing high impact and high influence things first is a way of setting yourself up for success firstly with your mood and secondly looking at how you're actually keeping yourself motivated and helping make other tasks easier. Um, and that's going to help you progress through and actually feel a sense of progress and actually help make change that much easier and actually even possibly you would thrive in it. The final part is thinking about the actual implementation and integration of the things that you're going to be doing. So back to my example, I've gone through my list and I've written down everything and I've scored it all by impact and influence. I've got my strategy now. This is where I'm going, what I'm doing and how I'm going to do it. And now what I need to think about is, okay, implementing actually when I'm going to implement on the specific actions that I've chosen to do. So this is about creating structure in your day that's going to help promote you, be able to achieve the things you want to achieve and execute the tasks that you need to execute. So thinking about implement, you look at what I call protected time blocks. Now, these are blocks of time where you actually put them to one side for a specific purpose. And what you do is ahead of time, you're going to plan to actually what you're going to execute in that specific time. Now, if any of you have ever gone into an office in the morning and thought, right, I'll sit at my desk and inspiration will come to me and I'll know what to do, rather than have a list specifically of I need to do A, B, C and D by two o'clock, um, the difference in our days and the difference in approaches in those two scenarios are very, very different. So thinking about having a pre-planned um, idea of what you're going to do in these specific blocks of time and allocate time towards them as you're levering, leveraging a major, like a lot of different things there. Firstly, your psychology. You don't have to sit at your desk and you have to think, what do I need to do? This avoids what's called decision fatigue. So you're avoiding that whole idea of having to think, have a decision, make, a, make a, uh, an idea of what the priority is, then find all of the things that you needed to complete that task and then complete the task. Whereas if you've pre-prepared that hour of time and you know exactly what you're going to be executing in that time, you should have all the materials and resources available to you to do it. The other thing you're leveraging there as well is preparedness. So your brain is automatically thinking, walking into the office, right, I have this, this and this to do. Um, it's already priming your brain. It's priming all of the circuits to do with that particular task. It's maybe pulling memory back from the meeting that you had because you've got to do something that's a, an action that's come from a meeting. Um, it might be pulling all the information about that particular customer or that particular client that you're dealing with. It's starting to prime your brain ready for the task, for preparation for it. And this allows you to achieve what's called immersion. So when you're sitting doing the task, you're completely and utterly immersed in that task because your brain has had this time for priming. Whereas if you sit at your desk and actually what you're doing is you're trying to pull all that information real time, you haven't given your brain that priming time ahead of the task to actually execute it and achieve it. Another key thing that you're actually activating as well by having a set preset amount of time that you're going to spend on a task is you're going to activate what's called Parkinson's law. So if you can imagine Parkinson's law is you have a tube of toothpaste okay, in the bathroom and it's getting to that last little bit at the end of the tube where you're literally getting away with like half a pea size amount because you haven't bought any more toothpaste. So you're managing to make a very small amount go much longer Whereas when you have a lot of toothpaste in the toothpaste tube, you're a bit sloppy with it. You maybe put a big, huge blob of it on the toothbrush. You drip half of it on the sink um, and you're just a little bit sloppy with it. You're a little bit too generous with your time. 
And so this is Parkinson's law in action, obviously not with the toothpaste tube, but with your time and with a particular task. What you need to think about is by restricting the time available, you're actually making yourself more efficient because you have a deadline by which you need to achieve these tasks. So again, when you're looking at your tasks and you're looking at assigning your um, protected time blocks and you're assigning tasks to these time blocks, what you're also doing is make a time assessment of reasonably how long is it going to take me to do that task and actually achieve, so can I achieve two or three of the tasks in that actual hour's time? So there's an idea of implement. There's a few other extra tools and things and there's, pl there's plenty of extra information that we can give you on that. But that's just a few pointers on what I'm sort of working out now and how I've sort of working through the health skill set. The final one is to think about the last step, integrate. So this is where you want to look at leveraging your habits to actually action and achieve some of these larger goals that you have. So with habits, there's a couple of different ways that you can use them. So one way I like to think about it is um, integrating routines. So these are bringing in sort of more sort of daily habits and daily practices into your routine. But this might also be that you have certain themes to certain days or certain times of the week that you do certain things. Now, it might be that um, you have maybe Wednesday mornings are the time that you do um, maybe all of your admin, for example. Or it might be that on Thursdays afternoons is when you always do all your calls. Or it might be on Fridays that you batch certain things. This is a sort of a routine integration that you're going to have here. And this is how you can actually make your brain work and be optimised in the way that it works. Because again, thinking about that priming that happens ahead of your protected time blocks, the same thing will happen with these themes and these daily themes that you can have. So putting these themes and practices in can work really well when it's applied to work. Personally, for like health and things like that, having um, certain routines and schedules put in place. So maybe it's, you always go for a walk at lunchtime and that's a new habit that you want to integrate because that's going to have high impact and high influence benefit across all different areas of your life. Um, it might be that you're trying to create some better practices around how you use technology. And so what you would think about doing is having a practice where at 8 p.m. your phone goes to bed for example. And that just becomes a routine and a habit that at 8pm the alarm goes off on your phone and you put your phone away to its charging point, bed, wherever it is, ideally outside of the bedroom, um, to allow you to switch off and disconnect from technology. So these are just some examples of routines. Now habits are a little bit more granular in the sense that they're actually like moment by moment actions that you actually want to integrate and have a very distinct cue response reward that you're trying to practice. A lot of the time with habits, we could talk about this forever, but a lot of time with habits, the best thing to do is actually tweak an old habit and um, change the response for something else. So say you have a bad practice, for example, with eating junk food or snacks or biscuits. So um, one thing could be you have a biscuit with your cup of tea when you get in from work. And you know that that's like the thin end of the wedge because once you've had a biscuit, then you're going to go and have your dinner and then you probably have too many chips with your dinner and then you probably have a pudding and you know that that's like the thin end of the wedge. If you have that biscuit with your cup of tea, it's like you've broken the seal and you're like, well, that's it, fine. And you know that your dinner then is not going to be healthy and you're not going to actually um, be able to achieve the thing you want to achieve with regards to your health. So say, for example, you choose that instead of having a biscuit, you have something else so you have an alternative available. The way that you can tweak a bad habit is obviously you've identified the cue is making the cup of tea. The response is having a biscuit and the reward that it delivers is the sugar high and the little bit of um, chocolatey goodness that maybe comes from chocolate chip biscuits, for example. So what you want to do is you want to make a swap. So 
thinking about taking that response, which is to eat the biscuit, is if you remove the biscuits altogether, what you're actually going to be doing is removing the queue because you won't have the biscuits there in the first place. And let's face it, most of us can't be bothered to walk to the shop to go and get it for one little craving for a biscuit. So maybe you replace what usually is in the biscuit drawer with something else, a healthy alternative, um, or maybe a piece of fruit or something like that. And you decide ahead of time that when that craving hits, when that queue hits, when you have that cup of tea, that you're going to swap it for something else. So you've changed the queue. So the queue is no longer there. The biscuits are not in the kitchen. The response is actually you're going to have something else in place of it. And the reward is going to be you'll still get a sugar hit because there'll be something with some degree of sugar in it or something sweet. Um, but it's just a healthier alternative for it, for example. Um, and so this is some sort of little changes that you can make um, with your habits and play about with these. So you've got, with regard to integrate, you've got routines and you've also got looking at some little key habits that you can actually put in place for key actions that you want aligned with the intention and where you want to go. So giving that breakdown, this is kind of how you'll find as I'm talking through it, you actually get a little bit more relaxed. You actually feel a little bit more settled because you just... You feel that you've got a plan of action. You feel that you've got this toolkit. And again, with the journals, what we build out with this health skill set is we build out a series of tools and we actually get you to journal while you're doing them. So you're actually, as you're reading, you're learning and building and selecting the tools from the information that you're reading and actually applying it to yourself. So then what you have is you obviously have your genius journal. You have your journal full of your own personalized toolkit from your journaling exercises on each of the activities. And you have this toolkit to use at any point. So. Just like I've just said there, I was hitting overwhelm. I had too much in my head. I had too many things to think about. And then I just applied the health skills there and I slowly managed to just break it down, chunk it down, make it manageable, prioritize it, look at when I'm gonna do it, break it, put these protected time blocks in and look at some integrated routines that I'm gonna put in place to help me achieve the intention, my outcome, my goal. So I hope this gives you an idea of the health skill set. This is what the Genius Journal is set to teach you. And then what we dive into afterwards, after you've done your initial guide, is you jump into what we call a genius guides. So this is where we actually apply the health skill set to various different areas of your life over seven days. So each week you can jump into a new guide, you can jump into a new genius guide, and you can look at what you want to achieve in that particular area of your life. So it might be you've got um, probably you struggle a little bit with procrastination, for example, and you want to jump into that guide. This will take you through a seven-day step guide where it will take you through your intentions. So what's your intention around procrastination? What would look good? You know, what would be good for you? What would you want to achieve from that? Once you've done that, you break it down. So we take you through the house skill set, the five steps, and we help you break down exactly the tools that you're going to use to overcome your procrastination. What we'll do is have all of the knowledge available there as well. So... We'll take, for example, procrastination. We'll educate you and tell you why it happens. What happens? What's going on in your brain? What's the psychology underlying it? What are the common pitfalls? What are the common red flags? Um, and how you can actually identify your own red flags um, real time as you read the information. So you're constantly learning. It's not a one-stop shop. There's always going to be new guides. We're going to be covering new topics. And anything that's coming up for you, we'd love to hear from you. So on our Q&A calls, we constantly ask, you know, what are kind of things that you're struggling with? What would you like to learn more about? Um, and I will just go away and research and find out all of those things. <laughs> and package it neatly into a genius guide for you to be able to dive into at your leisure when you want to with just half an hour lessons every single day. 
So that gives you a little bit of background. That gives you a bit of an idea of what to do. Hopefully you've learned a little bit about the process as well and you can start applying that today. But if you want to learn any more about the Genius Journals, then please do just give me a shout, drop us a message or jump onto our landing page in the notes.